Welcome to the press briefing on SIFMA's end-year U.S. economic survey forecast from the SIFMA Economic Advisory Roundtable. At this point, I would like to introduce Cheryl Crispin at SIFMA. Please go ahead. Great. Thank you, Gary, and thanks uh, to everybody for uh, joining. We are thrilled um, to have Ellen Zentner here, who's Managing Director and Chief U.S. Economist for Morgan Stanley and the Chair of SIFMA's Economic Advisory Roundtable to uh, provide an overview for the media on the call on the results of our biannual survey of our chief economists at SIFMA member firms. So with that, Ellen, I'll turn it over to you for your comments, and then we'll get started. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Cheryl. So uh, I'll start with some broad comments about uh, the survey results and then go into more details. So uh, despite the slower global growth backdrop and ongoing trade tensions, the U.S. economy has put in above-trend GDP growth this year. Uh, our economists estimate it to come in around 2.2% on a fourth-quarter over fourth-quarter basis. Underpinning growth has been sharply lower interest rates this year, which have propelled activity among interest rate-sensitive sectors, while externally exposed sectors such as U.S. exports and investment in equipment have declined. Uh, and while this dynamic has resulted in lopsided growth drivers for U.S. GDP, namely its domestic versus externally driven segments, a more pronounced slowdown in the economy was averted because monetary policymakers responded quickly early this year to guard against downside risks and ease financial conditions. Uh, now, despite the slower business backdrop, the pace of layoffs has not risen, uh, though the pace of hiring has continued to slow. Uh, and that's exhibiting typical behavior as we move later into the business cycle. Uh, but nevertheless, job gains remain strong enough to drive the unemployment rate lower in our survey, wage growth higher, and has thus far been able to hold consumer confidence near cycle highs. Uh, now, after reaching 2% on a year-over-year -year basis at the end of 2018, core PCE inflation in the U.S. softened this year, and monetary policymakers have become more vocal about their resolve to see core inflation and measures of inflation expectations move back up convincingly. And it's the lack of those inflationary pressures and delivery of rate cuts that have led the Fed to judge that monetary policy is in a good place currently, though downside risks to the outlook remain. Uh, so as we look to 2020, there are a few early signs that the global growth slowdown is stabilizing, albeit at lower levels. Uh, U.S. GDP growth is also expected to be slower, but with a better balance of growth as support for externally driven sectors comes back. The Fed is expected to remain on hold throughout 2020 compared with market-based expectations for one rate cut. And the labor market is expected to strengthen further while core inflation resumes its upward trend. Now, this all sounds like quite an optimistic outlook, um, but I think it's important to note that the views among the roundtable of economists do vary greatly, with some members looking for a downturn in the economy in 2020, while others look for growth as high as 2.6%. Uh, in 2020. And that kind of dispersion in views is not uncommon, and in particular tends to be wide the later in the cycle we move. So that's a broad overview. Um, and let me get into um, some of the, the more specific details. So the current outlook for 2020 GDP growth has decelerated only slightly to 1.8% from 1.9% previously on a fourth quarter over fourth quarter basis. Trade policy, business confidence, and private credit market conditions were among the most important considerations in that forecast change as they posed the greatest downside risk to the U.S. expansion. In terms of recession probability over the next 12 months, the average expectation among roundtable economists is about 25%, while naturally the probability of a recession within 24 months is higher at 40%. 
Uh, and I will note that this assessment is largely unchanged from the mid-year forecast. Uh, more on the uh, general economy, our economists expect real uh, con personal consumption growth to come in at about 2.6% this year and then soften to around its longer run trend of 2.1% in 2020. Uh, and that slowdown in consumption comes despite an expected increase in average hourly earnings in 2020, which does imply that economists see a rising rate of savings. On the labor side, economists expect the unemployment rate to kick up slightly to 3.7% in 2020 after falling by two-tenths this year to 3.6%. Driving the relative stability in the unemployment rate is an expectation that average monthly job growth is expected to slow further in 2020 to 139,000, falling an average 163,000 this year and 223,000 in 2018. Uh, still, 139,000 average run rate for monthly job gains is enough to keep the unemployment rate uh, uh, under pressure. In terms of inflation, as measured by the PCE deflator, less food and energy, or core inflation, we expect it to increase to 2.2% year over year by the fourth quarter of 2020 from an expected 1.7% at the end of this year. Now that flows into what we expect from monetary policy. So economists are fairly split on the direction of the Fed's next move. Uh, they've indicated they're going to be on hold here for a time, and about 50% of our economists believe the Fed's next move will be up, while 44% believe it will be down. Uh, now, this stands in contrast to 65% that expected the next move to be up, and 35% of uh, economists expected uh, the move to be uh uh, sorry, 65% expected the move to be down uh, in the mid-year survey, 35% expected to be up. So that's a smaller percentage expecting the next move to be down uh, in this year in survey. And that does suggest that on balance, there's increased optimism among economists around the outlook, but also the clear communication that we've gotten from the Fed that the current stance of policy is, quote, in a good place. Uh, if the next move is up, uh, then economists, 88% uh, of our respondents expect the Fed will move after 2020. So that means the overwhelming majority believe that the Fed will remain on hold through 2020. Uh, with those expecting the next move to be up, 88% of them think it will come after 2020. If the next move is a rate cut, then 43% expect that it will move in the second quarter of 2020, followed by 29% that were in uh, that saw a cut coming in both the fourth quarter of this year or the first quarter of 2020. So this again speaks to the dispersion that we've seen in expectations for the outlook next year, uh, uh, given that uh, we've got anywhere from recession uh, expectations among economists to growth coming in better than two and a half percent among economists. Now, respondents believe that the Fed's terminal rate in this cycle will be 2.1%. Uh, so that's down from 2.4% in our mid-year survey and likely reflect, reflects some marking to market for the cuts delivered already this year. Um, but still, a terminal rate of 2.1% implies two hikes on net before the end of this cycle. Again, a fairly optimistic uh, view or backdrop for monetary policy. Now, similar to the mid-year survey, inflation considerations ranked highest among factors in the Fed's decision to raise rates, followed by labor market conditions and other economic activity measures. Internalizing the Fed's strong message that it will tolerate an overshoot of its 2% symmetric goal is apparent in our economists' expectation that core inflation rises above 2% in 2020 
but the Fed does not move on policy. Uh, and when asked about the criteria for cutting rates, our economists tied it to labor market conditions, which topped the list of the most important criteria, followed by global economic developments, and finally concerns around low inflation. Uh, now let me say a little bit about interest rates and, and credit markets. Uh, the interest rate forecasts were fairly unexciting in this survey. Um, respondents expect little movement in key rates, so Fed funds falling to 1.625% through the first quarter of 2020 and falling further by the fourth quarter of 2020 to 1.62%. The two-year Treasury rate is forecasted to fluctuate in 2019 and 2020 between 1.563% and 1.6%, while the 10-year U.S. Treasury is expected uh, to climb to 1.850% by the fourth quarter of 2020. And finally, on mortgage rates, our respondents expect it to, them to climb from 3.655% in the first quarter of 2020 to 3.775 in the fourth quarter uh, of 2020. So, uh, you know, quite a supportive backdrop in terms of mortgage rates for uh, housing activity. Uh, respondents also gave expectations for various various yield spreads, including 70% expecting the yield curve to steepen, 60% expecting the TED spread to remain about the same, and 50% expecting the spread of IG corporate bonds to U.S. Treasuries to widen, 60%, finally 69% expecting the spread of high-yield corporate bonds uh, uh, to U.S. Treasuries uh, to widen. So uh, not much movement in rates, but what I see here from the results of the survey is again underscoring that uh, recession probabilities at least have not risen given the expectation of the yield curve to steepen um, and that r rates remain overall in a fairly tight band. Now trade policy, which was listed as a, a key downside risk uh, to the outlook, but also a key upside risk should there be a resolution and particularly if it comes with rollbacks, um, when we asked about the USMCA, uh, because it is on the docket uh, for possible passage by Congress uh, by the end of this year or early next year, all respondents, respondents expect the USMCA to be passed, with 43% expecting the timing to be in the first half of 2020, followed by 29% that expect passage before the end of this year. Um, if and when it's passed, 64% of respondents expect the USMCA to have no impact to GDP growth versus 54% in the mid-year survey. So likely to be uh, uh, a headline event uh, rather than an economic activity uh, event. 50% of respondents believe tariffs on products from China and elsewhere have impacted 2019 GDP growth by up to uh, 20 basis points or two-tenths off of GDP growth. Uh, versus 80% in the mid-year survey, followed by 43% building in lower GDP growth by more than two-tenths. Uh, as to the impact on prices, 71% of respondents believe tariffs will have raised prices by two-tenths uh, this year versus 69% in the mid-year survey, uh, and 21% responding that they've seen and expect no impact on prices. Um, with the U.S. and China agreeing in principle on phase one of a full trade agreement, 57% of respondents noted the phase one deal would prevent future tariffs, while 36% uh, responded that there is just not enough information to forecast. 80% uh, of respondents expect the U.S. and China will eventually agree formally on a phase one. Uh, and I know that's very much still in question uh, today. 
regardless of its shape, 43% expect the phase one deal will be finalized in the first quarter of 2020. And if when passed, 64% of respondents expect a U.S.-China trade deal to impact GDP growth by uh, uh, raising the forecast uh, anywhere up to two-tenths, followed by 21% expecting no impact on GDP growth. So fairly minimal impact uh, overall uh, either way. But of course, how financial market conditions evolve will greatly influence uh, those various impact analyses. Great. Thank you, Ellen. All right. Well, I want to thank Ellen again, and I'd like to thank all of you for participating. Again, if you have questions, just reach out to us here at SIFMA.